I'm reading from Matthew 27, verses 32 to 44. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross, if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Let me tell you a story today, a story about two roads, a road for coming in and a road for going out. We've heard about these roads in our readings today from Matthew, and this morning I want us to imagine each road and what happened to Jesus along it. The first road is the road that leads to Jerusalem from the east side of the city. It comes down from the Mount of Olives, where Jesus began his triumphal entry, riding on a borrowed donkey from Bethphage into the city. This procession, remember today, the start of Holy Week. Um, So here's a bit of a map. You can see Bethany on the bottom, come up to Bethphage, some palm branches there, the road of the triumphal entry. Um, Now, this road went down, and then it came back up again, because when you go to Jerusalem, you always go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was built on a series of several hills, and it's surrounded by other hills, like the Mount of Olives to the east. This part of the Holy Land is a bit like Yorkshire. It feels like you're always going uphill, no matter where you're going. So the village of Bethphage, where Jesus began his procession into Jerusalem, was about a half mile away, and its road leads into the eastern side of the city. Um, this is the side of the city where the temple is. It takes up a huge part of the city. 
And this also is the side where the old city of David is. Um, this was the ancient part of the city where a thousand years before this, King David established his reign. And it was here in this part of the city that God promised to David that one day, one of his descendants would sit on his throne forever. So when Jesus came into Jerusalem from this direction, he chose this road for a reason. He was announcing himself as the coming king, the promised Messiah. Here at last was the long-awaited rightful heir to the throne. He passed right in front of David's old stomping grounds, and his face was set towards the temple. So all the symbolism of the scenery was really clear to the crowds who took up palm branches and they took off their cloaks and threw them on the road and they shouted a huge chorus of Hosanna to the son of David. Now if this were happening here in our country today, we would be saying, long live the king. This is what the crowd was shouting when they saw Jesus. The palm branches waving were like the Union Jacks that we fly and the bunting that we're going to put up in a couple of months when King Charles is coronated. Uh, so we set out some branches today to help us think about what this road might have looked like. Uh, we just kept branches from our garden out back. But, um, when I grew up in Texas, we had actual palm branches we waved because palm branches came our grown-up part. Um, and the church I went to was not at all like a hand-raising church. So it was the one Sunday of the year people would actually wave a hand and wave a palm branch. Um, and I remember uh, a few years ago, I was in France on Palm Sunday, and there people actually cut branches from their garden and brought them to church and waved these branches around. Um, so you can imagine the Jews cutting down their branches, shouting out these praises to Jesus. And these palm branches were also important because they were a symbol of Jewish nationalism. They were a symbol of the Jews having their own nation, being their own people. The Romans who were in charge then knew this. And in 70 AD, when they conquered and destroyed Jerusalem, they minted a coin to celebrate this. Um, the Romans were like that. So they minted this coin to celebrate their capture of Jerusalem. And on it, they put a palm tree with a Jewish captive sitting underneath it. And it said, the capture of Jerusalem. So on that eastern road into Jerusalem, the crowd saw Jesus, and they waved palm branches, and they hailed him as their Jewish king. This was the first road. Now the second road, you can see, goes out the other side of the city. And the second road was nothing like this. The second road leads out the opposite side of Jerusalem, somewhere just outside the city walls to the west. We're not sure just exactly where Jesus was crucified. The most likely site is where the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is built, um, over the spot what was thought to be the place of the crucifixion. Now, in those times, it was just outside the ancient city walls. And we know that Jesus was led out alongside a main road, a well-used road, um, because the Romans liked to crucify criminals where they would be seen by the most number of people possible. They made a point of putting them along these really well-used roads. So we'll call this second road the road to Calvary. The word Calvary comes from the Latin word for skull, which is what Golgotha also meant, the place of the skull. Golgotha, Calvary, the place of the skull. In any language, it doesn't sound very nice. So imagine these two roads, and what's different about them? especially the second road, the second journey. 
On the first road, a donkey is borrowed for Jesus. A donkey is borrowed to carry Jesus into his rightful reign. On the second road, the road to Calvary, a man is borrowed for Jesus. A man is borrowed to carry the cross for Jesus because he's too weak from the beatings he's been given. On the first road, ahead of Jesus is the temple, the place where God dwelt with his chosen people. On the second road, ahead of Jesus is Golgotha, the place of the skull, the place of death, the place far away from God. On the first road, the crowds take off their cloaks and they line the way for Jesus. On the second road, the soldiers take off the clothes of Jesus and they line their own pockets with the money they get from them. On the first road, the crowds hail Jesus as their king. On the second road, a sign is put above the head of Jesus, mocking him as a so-called king. On the first road, the crowd stay with Jesus. They throng before him, and they come after him, and they shout out his praise. On the second road, the crowds pass by Jesus and shout out insults. On the first road, Jesus sees the temple in front of him, and he knows that he is greater than the temple because he truly is God with us. On the second road, people remember and mock Jesus' claim that he would tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. In this passage in Matthew, all the words the crowds and the Jewish leaders speak to Jesus on the cross are words spoken in jest, making fun of him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. You who would rebuild the temple, if you are the Son of God. He saved others, he can't save himself. He is the King of Israel, he trusts in God. He said, I am the Son of God. Now in our reading, Jesus says nothing in this part of the story. But the crowds, unknowingly, are all speaking the truth for him. They tell the truth about Jesus. Jesus is the King of the Jews. Jesus did rebuild the temple, a kind of temple that was him. Jesus is the King of Israel. Jesus, trust in God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus saved others by choosing not to save himself. It was in not saving himself from his own humiliation and death that he saved others, that he saved us. Now this second road is not a road that any of us would have been willing to walk, this road to Calvary. Yet Jesus chose this road. He chose both roads, both the road into Jerusalem and the road that led out of it to his death. And he did it for a reason. Not because he had no choice, not because he had had nothing else he could do, but, but he chose this because he chose to lay down everything in his love for us. The writer to Hebrews describes Jesus in this way. Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus traveled both these roads with joy set before him, the joy of redeeming us, of claiming back his kingdom, of claiming back his people, his entire creation. He is the true king. 
His kingly coronation comes, however, not on a gilded throne, but on an old rugged cross. And he will live long, but only after dying shortly. Holy Week can be a hard road for us to walk down. And it will remember all the saddest parts of our story. But there is, however, a third road coming. There is a road that leads from a cross to a garden to an empty tomb. But that is another story, and one that we'll hear next week. To get to that road, the third road, we have to walk down this one first. This week, will you walk down the second road, this road to Calvary, and see where our Jesus is going? He has walked down this road for us. Let's come now and walk with him. Amen. Will we walk with Jesus through the road that goes to Calvary?